Thanks for listening to the PocketPod series. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you get all the new episodes as they drop. If there's a certain topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know in the comments section. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to a very special episode of the PocketPod series. Today is going to be episode 10, and we are going to use this episode as a milestone episode to kind of reflect on the journey that has been the Behind the Drapes podcast umbrella and this PocketPod series that Rachel and I have developed. So if you guys are just tuning in to the 10th episode of the PocketPod, let me give you a little rundown as to how this series works. Pocket Pods are pocket-sized episodes that Rachel and I have developed to fit seamlessly into your busy lives, where we talk about various topics related to medicine. Occasionally, we have interesting guests on our show, and we make it into bite-sized, digestible Pocket Pod episodes that you can listen to on the fly, and hopefully you all enjoy So like Kenny said, this is a big time for us. It's our 10th episode, our milestone episode. Um, I mean, that sounds small, but it's also really big for us. It's exciting. Uh, So we think that this is a good time to kind of reflect on our project that we've been doing, what Kenny's been doing, um, and talk about what our legacy is. Yeah, exactly. So Kenny, I'll ask you, um, what are some of the reasons why you pursued Keywords by Kenny and this podcast and everything you've been doing along with it? Yeah, so I started Keywords by Kenny um, beginning of 2022. I had sort of come up with this idea right at the end of 2021, and I wanted 2022 to be like the very beginning of when I started this process. So I always had like a frame of reference to come back to so that as this sort of project grew, I would have that frame of reference so I could say like, okay, well, in the past, I can say now 12 plus four months. So in the last 16 months, I've come this far. And when I think back to what it was in its infancy, it was literally me drawing on my iPad and recording those drawings um, without any audio or without recording myself. And so it was just sketches, kind of like Khan Academy for various topics related to anesthesia. Over the course of 2022, I realized that people are much more engaged with content when there's a face and a voice with what they're hearing and watching. And so I quickly had to get over what I looked like and what I sounded like and did a lot of editing of my videos and a lot of watching myself talk and built up enough courage to eventually just start putting out content where I started talking about different keywords related to anesthesia. And then around November of 2022, I had this crazy idea of starting a podcast. I basically reached out to our brother-in-law, Brian, asked him to help me get it off the ground. We created a minimal viable product uh, paper or like a framework to determine what I needed to basically start season one. I got this microphone from him. Um, I got a ring light off of Amazon and the rest is history. Uh, If you saw the setup I have, it looks maybe more professional than what it actually is, but it's literally just a corner in our little loft apartment. Um, But over the course of, I guess, okay, so since November, the past six months, um, I've got to talk to really cool people. Uh, The first season of Behind the Drapes was 10 anesthesiologists in our department, um, actually nine in our department. 
one of them was one of my good friends from UVM who's down at Johns Hopkins doing her cardiac and ICU fellowship, uh, but just learning all about anesthesiology from different perspectives. And then around Christmas time, my little sister, Rachel, came to me with some feedback about how the podcast was going. And that basically birthed this whole side project of creating pocket bots. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this a couple of years ago, I was thinking about it. Maybe I I had always been critiquing you and maybe that time I critiqued you a little too hard because I remember saying like, oh, you're too old, Kenny, you're so out of touch. Like you shouldn't be doing this, you should be doing this. I don't know if you remember, it was at Thanksgiving, we were all sitting around the table. You were so excited to show us your little baby project and I, you followed my critiques, surprisingly, and now it has become this and you put in a lot of effort and I'm very proud of you and what this has become. <laughs> Yeah, I really value what you have to say. I think family is probably some of the most honest critiques you can get because um, <laughs> you can pretty much say whatever you want to me and you know I'm still going to love you at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And somehow I was able to rope you into this project and you've been a great co-host and I'm also very proud that we can do this as like a brother and sister together. So it's been fun. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about your legacy and kind of mortality and how that all blends together with what you're doing. Yeah, so I, I feel like I think about my legacy and my mortality more than the average person. And I probably would break it down to two reasons. One is a little bit more of a simpler answer. I'm sort of surrounded by the reality of mortality when I was working in the trauma ICU or sort of any ICU setting. And inherently, if you're there for four weeks, you're going to see someone young pass away from something traumatic and people die too soon all the time. And when you're reminded of your mortality, it makes you realize that your time on this world is very limited. And it makes me personally want to maximize as much of my time as possible. The second part of my answer really is a little bit longer and deeper, and I think reflects my relationship with our grandpa, um, who we call as Papa. So I'll probably just refer to him as Papa from here on out. Um, but Papa was someone who was extremely charismatic. Um, I knew him, obviously, towards the end of his life. So really his late 60s, 70s, and early to mid 80s. Um, but every time I saw him interact with people, Everyone was so engaged to what he had to say, and he was just a very captivating person. And I'll never forget at his funeral, I gave like a little speech, and I'm pretty sure I said this part. If not, I'm making it up, but it sounds nice now. Um, <laughs> I believe what I said was our grandpa or papa figured out the key to living forever. And the way you live forever is you instill a little bit of yourself in everyone around you. And that way people will remember you. And you also feel like a piece of you has made whoever you've come across either a better person or who they are reflects a little bit of you. And I think that's sort of what I've always held to heart in terms of how someone can live forever or how I can basically you know, be remembered if something tragic were to happen. Um, so my goal always is to 
be an influence on people, inspire other people, and hopefully leave this world a better place than it was when I first came to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that really describes, too, the difference between legacy and fame. You know, legacy is a little more meaningful. Fame might be fun in the time. You know, know, you're known by a lot of people, all that. But when you have a legacy, it's more important. You're setting kind of a foundation for the future, which is really important. And speaking of the future, uh, as you grow in your career, how do you see yourself educating and inspiring future providers? Yeah, I think the cool part about medicine is that there's always a role for education. The way science and technology works, and like even in the past, like since I've been in residency, there's been so many technological advances and scientific advances that if you're not keeping up with it, it's very easy to be left behind. And if you can put yourself on the forefront of that movement, you can find yourself uh, as an educator or a leader in whatever field of medicine you're in. So for me, I'm currently looking at job opportunities now, and I'm primarily only looking at academic jobs. And I think a lot of that stems from the desire to want to teach and again, be a mentor to young physicians, young medical students, um, working in the ICU. You work with so many different colleagues outside of the physician role. So working with ICU nurses, physical therapists, occupational therapists, nutritionists, um, there's just so many people who you can engage with and work collaboratively with that that's where I find my passion in medicine and education. That's funny. I feel like we're both like our mom. She's a retired educator and she passed on her teaching genes to us. <laughs> and apparently, apparently uh, her apparently her talking genes as well because she is she is quite the talker in our family and yeah. I don't I don't think you and I are as much of a talker as our older sister and our mom but this podcast has sort of created a platform for us to flex a little bit in our talking capabilities well you know when they say you slowly become your parents as you get older this is a slowly becoming mom oh no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but you talked about um, medical advances and keeping up with all of that. And uh, recently, I know there's kind of been almost like a dying faith in the community in modern medicine. Uh, so how do we restore that? Maybe using social media platforms, how do we kind of combat that uh, mistrust and decreasing faith? Yeah, it's a really good point. I think COVID was something that unfortunately got politicized and we live in a generation where information is at the tip of your fingers. Like without your cell phone, you would almost be lost and wouldn't know how to spend your time or get around. But when you have a charged battery and you have Wi-Fi or internet connection, you can do almost anything with your phone. And the dangerous part about the internet is that you can have beliefs, um, especially about science or about medicine, And somebody out there will back up whatever you believe. And there's a lot of, especially, I see this primarily in my field in labor epidurals. There's a lot of mistrust in anesthesia and a lot of old wives tales or just like paranoia about labor epidurals and what sort of complications people have. And all it really takes is for one terrible, tragic story to really impact thousands to tens of thousands of people. And disinformation can spread like a virus. And before you know it, there's millions of people who now believe something that isn't really grounded in any sort of scientific proof or evidence. 
So beyond me creating this social media platform to educate young healthcare providers, I've slowly realized that some of the following that I have are people who are not in the healthcare field, but who will probably either be patients themselves or have family members who become patients and are either needing anesthesia, needing to undergo surgeries, find themselves in an intensive care unit. And if I can articulate scientific facts or medical information in a way that's easily digestible and comprehensible to somebody who doesn't have that medical background, I think that's very valuable in the social media realm. So as you're mm-hmm. scrolling up on Instagram and you get your Levi's jeans or your rowback like paid advertisements, there'll be a keywords by Kenny post that comes up talking about some medical fact. And hopefully the better I get at this, the more likely people will be to stop on that video and take a listen. And hopefully I can help restore some of their faith in medicine and um, bring them to ease and anxiety or reservations they may have about what we do in the healthcare field that ultimately is just trying to take the best possible care of people out there. Yeah, medicine is a very complex field, or it can be. So, I mean, we're all just trying to do what's best for our patients. That's why we're here. It's why we do what we do. Um, So we just, we want people to trust that we're doing the best that we can do, right? Absolutely. How about you, though? What do you see yourself doing in terms of education or career-wise? Because you're about to graduate nursing school in a short, Mm -hmm. are you at like two weeks now? Two or three weeks? Two or three weeks, yeah. It's just catching up on me. Yeah, so I know I know this summer you're kind of going to take off and study for the NCLEX, but what's sort of the next step that you're going to be taking in your career? Yeah, so I still definitely think I have a lot to learn. While I can still teach others who maybe don't know as much as me, I think there's a lot of growth that I still have to do within myself being becoming a nurse. Uh, so I want to spend time doing that, kind of learning new skills, learning different material, everything that I can know. Um, And then eventually I'll go into furthering my education. I'm not sure what that looks like yet. I know that I love to teach and I would love to go into some kind of educational aspect of nursing, Um, but we'll see where the wind takes me. I mean, things change all the time. So uh, that's kind of where I see myself going. I think that this podcast has been good for me in a way to kind of discover what I want. Um, I'm just kind of finding my voice, trying like becoming more confident in speaking and kind of knowing what I'm talking about. Um, so I think that's really important and yeah, so that's my loose kind of plan. Which is totally appropriate for a 21 year old just about to graduate college. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I do think is interesting from your perspective is I think you have a much better understanding of social media and the internet. How do you see healthcare creating a role within social media? And do you think, how, how could I do better? Or work, how can I make my niche better? It's funny, because recently, Brian, our brother-in-law had just said, millennials are online, but Gen Z is capital O-N online. Uh, so I think it's, it's very different. Um, so like a lot of my life is online. And sometimes when I like leave work or I leave school, I kind of go online to dissociate almost, or just kind of like clear my brain from all the stress and go through like funny videos or whatever. Um, so occasionally I will use it for educational purposes, but I will 
instead of watching it in between my funny videos, I'll save it and watch it another time when I'm like ready, when my brain is ready to learn. Hmm. Um, so I think that having educational videos on social media to kind of further healthcare, it is helpful. It's just kind of being able to target the right audience and also target them at the right time, which can be a little tricky. Um, but overall, I think it's it's great. I mean, we have such easy access to it. We're on it all the time. We have our phones on us all the time. I mean, that's why we call this a pocket pod because you have your phone on you at all times and you can just listen to this podcast whenever you want, whenever you have time. Um, so that's why I also think this is a great tool because it's such a short and concise episode that you can listen to it when you're like, I don't know, walking to the bathroom or something, whatever you're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's important information that we need to know. Um, I mean, we're not talking about things like Taylor Swift breaking up with Joe Alwyn. Like this is medical <laughs> news that'll help us in our career. Oh, well, that is important too, but I was gonna um, say just being you, able to if you want to do an episode about that, we can do it. We can do it at a later time. Maybe like episode 12, where it just kind of blends okay. into, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is something that we really need to know to benefit our patients. Like all this news that's coming up, I'm able to even communicate with my patients now about things that I'm learning. So I think it's really important. Absolutely. I think finding your voice is so important. Um, like I mentioned before, being able to like look at yourself and hear yourself talk it's such a hard skill. Like, I think most people appreciate it, but you don't really appreciate it until you like start doing it and you start critiquing yourself. And it's like, you really just got to get over it. But I think one of the coolest things you've positioned yourself to do is being a spin class instructor. And mm -hmm. I think that keeps you vulnerable, but being vulnerable isn't necessarily a bad thing because it makes you want to get better at it because you want to be proud. Like, you have a class in front of you. You just did like a Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus ride that looked like a ton of fun. It keeps your creative juices flowing. Um, so I think doing stuff like that is so crucial to just build confidence, but also maintain who you are when you're a healthcare profession. Because mm -hmm. like you were saying, like life is stressful and you're going to realize being a nurse is stressful. And it's so nice to have those outlets where you can be yourself and exercise. I mean, I'll, I'll preach exercise all day. I think it's the best outlet for mental health and physical health. Um, so keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can be hard to be vulnerable and kind of push yourself when you're on your own. I know what really helps me is you and I were in a car together with your wife, Lillian, and our mom. And when you're in the car, you can't escape, especially when you're on the highway, you can't just open the door and leave. So that's when Kenny told me, we're going to listen to your voice right now on the podcast and you're going to get over it. And we listened to the podcast and I was so, my heart sank when I first heard my voice. I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like I'm critiquing myself left and right in my head. And then once we finished the first episode, I was over it. And then after that, it's like, oh, actually I, I sound okay. <laughs> like this isn't too bad and I can improve in certain areas and just become better next time. And I think it's helped me a lot. I mean, I just recorded my spin class and I didn't even think twice about like how I sounded, what I looked like. It just, it all comes naturally now. So thank you for building my confidence, I guess. <laughs> of course, you got a bright future ahead of you. So keep it up. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for celebrating this milestone episode with me and for everyone listening out there. Thank you for listening along. 
Um, I can tell based on like the number of listeners that we have a clear following for people who listen to this series, um, who tune in to every episode because it seems like there's a consistent number across the board for how many people we get per episode. Um, so that's been really cool to see. I mean, I don't know who these people are, but I know you're out there <laughs> and uh, I'm paying attention to the numbers. And so I really appreciate your support. Um, if you know me personally, feel free to reach out. Or if you know my sister, reach out with any comments or even on the podcast platform itself, like Apple, Spotify, leave us a, re a review, rate us. Um, we'd love to hear from you, see what kind of topics you have that you want to listen to. I have a bunch of um, ideas in mind for like upcoming episodes and a few guests in mind that I'm really excited for the both of us to interview. And yeah. All right. What did you take away from this episode, our milestone episode? I took away that I can trick my little sister to doing something when she feels like being mean and critiquing the adventures <laughs> that... I go on on my own. So thank you for joining on this adventure with me. And I hope you continue to keep critiquing me so I can keep getting better. <laughs> You're welcome. I guess I learned that you actually do use my critiques. <laughs> um, no, but I think, I really think it's important that we talked about legacy with this episode because, you know, a lot of times we're just kind of going with, through the motions and not really thinking about how he could be impactful that day. Uh, so it's kind of an inspiring episode. Wonderful. That's what I'm trying to do every day. <laughs> all right. And I'm going to leave the listeners with one last plug. Um, so again, grateful for all of you guys who are listening to this pocket pod series. We're going to keep this series going when no sort of specific order. Rachel and I kind of just pick topics here and there and we'll drop episodes sort of randomly when we have the time to connect with each other. Uh, but sort of the main show or the main project is called Behind the Drapes. Um, season one came out back in November and it was 10 episodes, like I said, where I interviewed anesthesiologists of all different backgrounds. Um, but I'm really excited to officially announce season two which I'm hoping is coming out this week. I am just a few steps away from being very official of it coming out, um, but I'm post-called today. I have probably 40% of my battery of left in my mental capacity before I'm probably going to collapse and need a nap. Um, but I have a feeling I'm going to be able to get this season premiere out by this Thursday. Um, so if you like the show and you like hearing sort of the topics we're talking about, Season two for Behind the Drapes is going to be all about financial literacy. And it's mostly targeted at people who are in the healthcare system. And the idea of that is most of us who go through education in the healthcare system don't have much of a background in financial literacy. There's no requirement to take econ classes or finance classes. And unless you have parents who are savvy with money, you basically figure it out on your own. And if you're interested in that topic, I highly encourage you to check out this season coming up with Behind the Drapes. My goal is to release episodes on a weekly basis every Thursday. The podcast usually come out in the morning, like around 6 a.m. So when you wake up for the morning, it usually pops up with my news podcasts that come up on my podcast feed. Um, so check it out. If you haven't subscribed yet, definitely subscribe. Um, topics that we'll be covering this season include... Uh, loan repayments, contract negotiations, uh, 
side hustles during residency, saving for retirement. And there's a bunch of cool guests on there who are not necessarily related to medicine. And I literally just actually interviewed somebody right before me and you talked, Rachel. Um, and it's just, when you talk to people whose career or passion revolves around finances, you get a lot of insight. Uh, so I'm, re- I'm really excited for this season coming out. So please check it out if you're listening out there. All right, Rach. Well, thanks for another lovely episode. And next milestone, we'll talk about something else that's cool. Maybe we'll do a giveaway next milestone. <laughs> yeah, let, give me a second to like build up my sponsorships and then maybe we'll... Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe maybe like I'm at the stage where I can do like Lululemon socks right now. And even that is like a stretch for me to afford. (laughs) Maybe just one sock. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Two listeners get one sock each. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I like that idea. All right, Rach. Well, good chatting with you and everyone out there. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time.